Okay, welcome to our Sunday show. My name is Janine Moloff, and this is Progressive News Network. This uh, Sunday, we're doing our environmental show, the Environmental Justice Report, or EJR as I like to call it. I'll take a little drink of water here. Since you can't see me, I have to explain everything. All right, so... We kind of came to the show last minute. I'm just going to be up front with you. So uh, you wouldn't have seen the advert yet. The advert will say EJR, Environmental Justice Report, in other words, with Janine Moloff. The headline is EPA, in other words, the Environmental Protection Agency, gave okay to Chevron fuel with high cancer risk. Why? And then it goes in to explain how the Biden EPA has recently approved a Chevron-produced fuel ingredient that carries such a high cancer risk that it could cause cancer in anyone exposed over a lifetime. Now, this was reported by none other than ProPublica, and it's part of their Poison in the Air series. I really advise you to check it out. Uh, The corporate media pretty much ignored this, all right? Instead, they were focusing on this asinine alleged horse race between Trump and Biden. If you ask me, it's not a horse race, it's a crawl. Um, Or, you know, they're focused on Hunter Biden's, according to Marjorie Taylor Greene, Hunter Biden's magical penis. That's it. And, you know, when corporate media does this, the obvious disservice to the public is really vile. Now, this fuel ingredient, it's been uh, reported in ProPublica. They're doing it. Part of their series is also in conjunction with The Guardian, which is a British newspaper. Uh, Again, ProPublica, great source. Um, Chevron has touted this this problematic fuel as biofuel. Okay. Now, if it's biofuel, you would think, okay, then it's made from some sort of, you know, organic thing, right? It's made from plastic. Now, it's true. What the average person doesn't understand is that plastics are made from organic compounds, namely fossil fuel. But it's not a compound that you want to put into another fuel and then spout off into the air. What they're basically saying is, This fuel, it looks like they're calling it biofuel, and I guess if you get some really crafty corporate lawyers together, they can say, well, technically, plastic originated as something derived from oil and natural, from uh, petroleum products, so therefore, it's organic. Eh, Wrong, that's not how it works, but they could get away with it. So it's being called biofuel, but it's made from plastics, and since when has any fuel that's made from plastics, the idea of burning plastics and releasing it to the atmosphere, since when has that ever been a good idea? I don't know. Um, so, you know, once again, the EPA has approved this dangerous ingredient. So that's our big story today. We just have one story. I'm also going to present the Jackass of the Week Award, and then, of course, we will enjoy the stylings of Randy Rainbow and his erudite political commentary. So let's get on with the show. Okay, here we go. So there's two articles I'm looking at. They're both from ProPublica, and they were co-published with The Guardian. Now, this earlier one was published just a few days ago. 
uh, August 4th to be specific, and it was written by Sharon Lerner with ProPublica. The headline reads, EPA approved a fuel ingredient even though it could cause cancer in virtually every person exposed over a lifetime. Okay, this is scary stuff. So this allegedly green EPA headed up by Michael Regan, who's supposed to be this green champion, wrong. Now, again, for those of you who think, well, Janine, you only pick on conservatives. That's not true. Or rather, when they say conservatives, I mean, like, you only pick on Republicans. You don't pick on Democrats. No, wrong. I pick on both sides. All right? I do the teacher thing because that's what I was before I was a journalist. The teacher thing is the following. One, you said this. The documentation shows this. Please explain yourself, and then I give my own interpretation. And, again, I always cite my source. So, again, I've done it as much to Democrats as I have Republicans. Well, maybe more for Republicans because Republicans are just meaner. I'm just going to say it. All right? They don't like it, but they're mean. They're mean and selfish. My opinion, I'm entitled to it. So let's go back to this article. Again, ProPublica, the headline reads, EPA approved a fuel ingredient even though it could cause cancer in virtually every person exposed over a lifetime. So this apparently, I'm going to read straight from this article. It says, quote, an EPA document shows that a new Chevron fuel ingredient has a lifetime cancer risk more than one million times higher than what the agency usually finds acceptable, even greater than another Chevron fuel sky-high risk disclosed earlier this year. Okay? I think that that paragraph I quoted directly from the article, this particular, it's actually a Chevron fuel ingredient, has a cancer risk that's more than one million times higher than what the agency normally finds acceptable. And this is based on an EPA internal document that the reporter accessed. And again, I, as from, you know, Freedom of Information Act. Uh, it's even worse risk than what Chevron came up with. Chevron came up with the sky-high risk as well. Chevron knows. But, you know, it's money. Okay. So the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, approved this component, and it's, it's this fuel ingredient is actually a component of boat fuel and apparently it's made from plastic that we've thrown out and again the agency's own risk formula has to quote determined that it was quote so hazardous everyone exposed to the substance continually over a lifetime would be expected to develop cancer end quote now this article goes on to say, again, reading straight from the article, this is not my interpretation, quote, when you hear it say, quote, I'm quoting the straight from the article word for word, quote, current and former EPA scientists said that threat level is unheard of. It is a million times higher than what the agency usually considers acceptable for new chemicals and six times worse than the risk of lung cancer from a lifetime of smoking, end quote. So again, why is Michael Regan in charge of the EPA? Why are they, why did they give the okay to this dangerous fuel ingredient? It's a good question. Now, the article goes on to say, quote, 
Federal law requires the EPA to conduct safety reviews before allowing new chemical products onto the market. If the agency finds that a substance contains unreasonable risk to health or the environment, the EPA is not allowed, not allowed, to approve it without first finding ways to reduce that risk. End quote. Okay, so that's. EPA knows they have their marching orders. They have to find a way to reduce the risk before they can approve this. So the very next line in the article is very telling and very damning. Quote, after, you know, it said the EPA is not allowed to approve any new chemical without first finding ways to reduce the risk. Quote, but the agency did not do that in this case. Instead, the EPA decided its scientists were overstating the risk and gave Chevron the go-ahead to make the new boat fuel ingredient at its refinery in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Though the substance can poison air and contaminate water, EPA officials mandated no remedies other than requiring workers to wear gloves, records show, end quote. Okay, this is even worse than what Trump did. All right, Michael Regan claims to be some sort of green warrior. Not if he allows this. You know, Joe Biden wants to get up there, and don't get me wrong, I don't want Donald Trump in office, but let's be honest here, too. Joe Biden claims that we're looking for green remedies. This is not it. What this does, though, the residents in Pascagoula, Mississippi, will be directly exposed as their families, their children, and... Again, the EPA is not requiring Chevron to force any sort of safety equipment other than having the workers wear gloves. Why? To avoid chapped hands? I don't know. I mean, that's asinine. Okay? It goes on. And again, I don't normally read straight from the article like this, but it's I don't want to miss anything. This article goes on to say, quote, ProPublica and The Guardian in February reported on the risk of other new plastic-based Chevron fuels that were also approved under an EPA program that the agency had touted as a climate-friendly way to boost alternatives to petroleum-based fuels, end quote. Please explain to me, Mr. Regan, head of the EPA, how in the hell a plastic-based fuel of any type could be considered climate-friendly. Please explain to me how this is not more fossil fuel pollution, but of a deadlier sort. Again, plastic is made from petroleum, period, from oil, fossil fuels. Okay? Now, the story... Uh, the ProPublica and The Guardian did in February. We're going to be talking about that a little into the program. But the story was based, apparently, on, quote, an EPA consent order, a legally binding document the agency issues to address risk to health or the environment. In the Chevron consent order, the highest noted risk came from a jet fuel that was expected to create air pollution so toxic that one out of four people exposed to it over a lifetime could get cancer, end quote. I don't know about you. I don't like that idea. One out of four, that's 25%. What are they thinking other than 
Chevron has deep pockets, in other words, a lot of money. Keep in mind, uh, based on the reporting done by noted journalist Greg Pallast for the BBC and for his own reporting, um, and, as well as others, you know, Chevron has a history of, I'm just going to say it, you can call them campaign contributions, but they're, they're legal bribes. They have a history of bribing administration, presidential administrations, bribing U.S. senators, bribing uh, U.S. congressmen, bribing heads of agencies. Yes, most definitely. Now, did Mr. Regan take a bribe? I don't know. I'm not saying he did. But let's stop calling campaign contributions or charitable contributions. Stop, stop calling them that. You know, just because something is technically legal doesn't mean it's ethically correct. You know, we have a system of legalized, bri- legalized political bribery in this country, thanks to Citizens United. That's all it is. It's still unethical. And you know what? These corporations claim, well, it's legal technically. But you know what? We still have a right to call it out as unethical, and they can't claim it's slander, libel, or defamation. Nah, Chica, it doesn't work that way. This makes me so mad. So anyway, back to the story in February that this story is referring to. You know, again, ProPublica worked with The Guardian, and they asked the EPA, quote, for its scientist's risk assessment, which underpinned the consent order. Okay. The agency declined to provide it, so ProPublica requested it under the Freedom of Information Act, end quote. Okay, so basically ProPublica and The Guardian, they did a story back in February, which we're also going to look at, um, and they asked for these, you know, the EPA's own scientists' risk assessment on this new jet, on this new fuel, or fuel ingredient, rather. And... You know, this is the risk assessment that is supposed to, when they say underpin, in other words, this is the risk assessment that's supposed to legally and scientifically justify the consent order, which would allow Chevron to produce this garbage, okay? I call it garbage, it's my opinion. The agency said, the EPA said, no, we're not providing it. Now, here's the thing. If you're doing the right thing, then you don't need to fear handing out what you've already discovered. You know, usually it's people that have something to hide that refuse to produce documents to explain to the public, especially an agency, why they're doing what they're doing. Okay? So ProPublica had to, you know, use the Freedom of Information Act, which takes a lot longer. That's probably why this there's like several months in between these stories. Okay, the risk assessment that EPA scientists performed on this was over 200 pages, 203-page risk assessment. Okay, again, going to read straight from the story. Quote, the 203-page risk assessment revealed that for the boat fuel ingredient, there was a far higher risk that was not in the consent order. EPA scientists included figures that made it possible for ProPublica to calculate the lifetime cancer risk from breathing air pollution that comes from a boat engine from a boat engine burning the fuel. That calculation, which was confirmed by the EPA, came out to one in three, meaning one in every person exposed to it over the course uh, meaning every person exposed to it over the course of a full lifetime would be expected to get cancer. End quote. 
No wonder EPA didn't want to release that risk assessment. But we had a right to see it. All right? We just did. This is the problem. You know, when you have basically lawyers running a scientific agency, it should not be allowed. And that's what I'm trying to say here. So, for instance, Michael Regan is the head. He's the administrator for the U.S. EPA. Okay? And I know the Biden administration feels good. You know, black man, that's great. Um, but let's, you know, let's look at what Michael Regan actually is professionally. Is he a scientist? Looks like no. Okay, let's look at his, let's see. Well, yes and no. Okay, so Administrator Regan, now this is from the webpage, from the EPA webpage uh, for Michael S. Regan, EPA Administrator. It's direct there, okay? And, um, you know, it's got some warm and fuzzy stuff like, you know, he developed a passion for the environment while hunting and fishing, reading straight from it uh, with his father and grandfather and exploring, blah, blah, blah. It sounds lovely, doesn't it? it? It just does. All right. You know, he just loves the environment, doesn't he? Well, except for one thing. Let's look at his professional credentials. Straight from his own webpage, quote, Administrator Regan is a graduate of the North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. Okay, so he's a graduate from a historically black college and university. That's fine. They're excellent colleges and universities. But again, I don't know if he actually went far. You know, again, agricultural and technical, it's doesn't sound like a scientist yet. And then he earned a master's degree in public administration. See, here's the problem with that. We need, I have this insane notion, I guess I'm deviating from the story again. I have this really nutty notion that people that head up agencies in the government for specific type of tasks should actually be experts in those fields. They should not be people that are business people with MBA, they should not be attorneys. They've got legal, legal to take care of the legal stuff, okay? In other words, the Department of Education should be held by, an ex- should be headed up by an experienced educator, okay? Tops in their field. The, uh, you know, EPA should be headed up by a top environmental scientist, period, it's that simple. DOJ is not headed up by a registered nurse. It's headed up by an attorney. Okay? These agencies need to be professionally run, and that means by people that actually have the credentials in that specific, you know, specific subject of study. They should not be political patronage jobs ever. That's it. You know, the head of, let's say, defense, yeah, should be somebody who's well-experienced in the military, not a lawyer. Okay? State Department should be headed up by a lifetime and well-versed diplomat, not just a lawyer. See, the problem is lawyers think they know everything, and they interfere and butt into everybody, every other profession. And the, the fact is they know very little. That's my opinion. But it's true. So, once again, Mr. Regan's allowing this because, once again, he's not a scientist. No legitimate scientist would have given 
any sort of permission for this. But since he's a political appointee, newsflash. And I'm not just picking on Mr. Regan. I'm picking on all of them. We can't know whether or not he isn't compromised. I'm just saying it. You know, under Obama, you know, again, we'll get back to the story. But under Barack Obama, we had Arnie Duncan in the Department of Education. Yeah, he ran a charter school, even though he really didn't know what he was doing. In fact, the charter school and the what Arnie Duncan wanted to do, the charter school in Chicago, he Duncan desperately wanted the Obamas to enroll their daughters. And apparently it was so bad they wouldn't do it. The Obamas wouldn't do it. See, instead the Obamas enrolled their daughters into, yes, a private school that did all those old liberal things we used to do, critical thinking and, you know, enrichment and all that good stuff. And I want for our kids what the Obama daughters received, okay? And so, again, and, but that Arnie Duncan, another example of somebody totally unqualified for that position. Michael Regan's not an environmental scientist. He's not an environmental engineer. He's not qualified for this. That's it. And, again, this risk assessment speaks speaks hordes for this, all right? Just It's, it's there. Now, this article also um, quoted a woman named Maria Doa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right or not. It's spelled D-O-A. Now, Maria Doa uh, was a scientist. She's a scientist. She worked at the EPA for 30 years, okay? And at one point, she directed the division that managed the health and environmental risk posed by new chemicals or old chemicals as well. Uh, and according to Maria Doe, she's saying these ty- this level of risk is really unusual. Uh, the, unusual is that the EPA would allow it, in other words. Doe said, um, let's see. I'm... Yeah. So Doe explained that, quote, all right, so the EPA division that approves new chemicals limits lifetime cancer risk, and this is according to Document Cloud from the EPA, let me read this, quote, this is the article, the EPA division that approves new chemicals usually limits lifetime cancer risk from an air pollutant to one additional case of cancer in one million people. That means if a million people are continuously exposed over a presumed lifetime of 70 years, there would likely be at least one case of cancer on top of those from other risks people already face. Uh, and then Doa saw the one in four cancer risk for the jet fuel. And at first, according to the article, she thought this has to be a mistake or a typographical error or something, right? Um, and she, to quote Maria Doa, again, 30 years with the EPA, she as a scientist, she said, quote, I had never seen a one in four risk before this, let alone a one in a one." Point three in one said Doa. This is ridiculously high. End quote. Now there's another serious cancer risk that's associated with this boat fuel ingredient that Chevron wants to produce, and it was documented in the risk assessment. But that additional cancer risk associated with this boat fuel that was documented in the 200 plus page risk assessment quote was also missing from the consent order. End quote. Now, I don't know how a legal consent order can be legal regarding this type of risk when you omit 
extremely important information. You know, that omission from the consent order is, you know, to me, should is fraudulent. It, it shouldn't be allowed, okay? Now, according to the article, quote, this is the new, the other risk, quote, not just for breathing the air that this garbage chemical is going to be dumped into, but also, quote, for every 100 people who ate fish raised in water contaminated with that same product over a lifetime, seven would be expected to develop, develop cancer, a risk that's 70,000 times what the agency usually considers acceptable, end quote. I am never eating fish again. That's all there is to it. Mm. I remember when Oprah said she's never, if she heard about Mad Cow, she was never eating a hamburger again, and then they sued her. It's like, look, you know what? If Chevron wants to sue me, come on. You can't get anything. All I have is my pension and my social. You can't take that. My house is mortgage, whatever. I'm just ruminating. But the fact is, damn, I am never eating fish again if that's the case. At least not that. That's scary. Uh, so the EPA, according to this article, they were asked why they omitted, why they left out those sky-high risks in the consent order regarding what happens to people who eat fish that have been exposed to that same jet fuel, that same boat fuel. The EPA said they made a mistake, that the information, quote, was inadvertently not included in the consent order, end quote. Now, that was according to an agency spokesperson that emailed uh, ProPublica back, okay? Now, ProPublica's article goes on to say that in response to these questions, the agency wrote, quote, EPA considered the full range of values described in the risk assessment to develop its risk management approach for these fuels, uh, end quote. And then the statement went on to say that the cancer risk estimates, quote, were extremely unlikely and reported with high uncertainty, end quote. Okay, I would like to question this agency spoke, the EPA spokesperson that sent this email to ProPublica. What are you calling, um, you know, high uncertainty? To me, that sounds like, okay, a lot of people who work in the agency, again, usually are attorneys, okay, uh, business people, whatever. What? Uh, so they know more than the scientists that conducted the assessment? I don't think so. Um, this is really outrageous. And when I saw this piece, I had to report on it today. I just did. Um, again, it's very last minute, but it just it made my blood boil. Um, now, this article goes on to explain how EPA responded. It said, quote, because it used conservative assumptions when modeling, the EPA said, it had significantly overestimated the cancer risk posed by both the jet fuel and the component of marine fuel. The agency assumed, for instance, that every plane at an airport would be idling on a runway, burning an entire tank of fuel, that the cancer-causing components would be present in the exhaust, and that residents nearby would breathe that exhaust every day over their lifetime, end quote. You know what? Even if that's the case, I don't care. Seriously, you know, those of you live upwind, you think what you think winds discriminate? They don't. Um, you know, the EPA also said that they figured the risk for the new chemicals were, you know, similar to the risk from other fuels that have been made, you know, for years. So instead, 
quote, the agency relied on existing laws rather than calling for additional protections, end quote. But the article goes on to explain, quote, that the Toxic Substances Control Act requires the EPA to review every new chemical, no matter how similar to existing ones. It's right there. Most petroleum-based fuels were never assessed under the law because existing chemicals were exempted from review when it passed in 1976. Studies show people living near refineries have elevated cancer rates. Let, end quote. Let's go back over that statement again. Okay. The EPA's excuses, well, you know, this, would, the, this elevated cancer risk, which is, you know, millions times worse than normal, um, you know, that would be if you were like living next to the airport and the planes were idling all day and you were breathing in it. So apparently the EPA thinks everybody's so stupid that I guess if you were dumb enough to go up to a jet plane and just stand there and inhale the exhaust, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's that crazy uh, that, you know, it's like the other fuel. So, you know, no harm, no foul. We don't really need to regulate it like that, except that even the lawyers for EPA broke the law because the law says under the Toxic Substances Control Act that the EPA is required to, quote, review every new chemical, no matter how similar to existing ones, end quote. That's pretty straight right there. So EPA's excuse is not an excuse. You know, if I were President Biden, I think I would be firing Mr. Regan right now. And I would put environmental scientists right, but I'm not Biden, okay? You know, for one, I'm not a closet Republican, and two, I'm a lot cuter, but any, no, just joking. But anyway, um, let's go back to this, though. Here's another little detail that the public doesn't realize. And this is something that's really scary, that most petroleum-based fuels, which whether it's gasoline, whether it's the fuel used to heat your home, whatever. None of them were ever assessed. Most of them were never assessed under the law because existing chemicals, chemicals that we're already exposed to, were just exempted from review in 1976 when the law passed. So in other words, these older chemicals in petroleum-based fuels that we know are not good for us or the planet, you know, and when they passed law in 76, we said, okay, we're going to grandfather you guys in. Those, we're not going to assess those. So in other words, they can pollute all they want. We're just going to look at the new stuff now. You know, talk about how corporate is destroying everything. Now here is another garbage quote, okay, from an agency spokesperson. Quote, EPA recognizes that the model it used in its risk assessments was not designed in a way that led to realistic risk estimates for some of the transportation fuel uses, end quote. Yeah, so EPA's lawyers broke the law. It doesn't matter. It's a new, it's a new chemical, period. It doesn't matter if it's virtually identical to existing chemicals except for one little detail. They are required by law under the Toxic Substances Control Act, to assess it, period, to review it, no matter what. So EPA's own lawyers broke the damn law. Okay? Now, 
ProPublica didn't accept this nonsense, you know, quote from the agency spokesperson who is unnamed. That's the other thing, too. I have a real problem with people that won't go on record. I just do. So this unnamed EPA spokesperson uh, gave us that nonsense quote. And apparently ProPublica attempted to get more answers for weeks. And what they wanted to know is what constituted a realistic cancer risk estimate for these fuels. And the agency just did not provide any other explanation by the time of publication. Okay. Again, their silence is really damning. And so, again, ProPublica once again explains that new chemicals are treated differently under federal law than chemicals that are already in the marketplace. Um, you know, again, if the agency really isn't sure, you know, what kinds of dangers might be posed by a new chemical, the law allows the EPA to order tests, quote, to clarify the potential health and environmental harms. Quote, end quote. It goes on to say, quote, the agency can also require that companies monitor the air for emissions or reduce the release of pollutants. It can also restrict the use of new products or bar their production altogether. But in this case, the agency didn't do any of those things, end quote. That's it right there. EPA silence says it all. You know, if the EPA is doing what it's supposed to be doing, then they should have no problem answering these questions. And their silence is very telling. Okay? You know, it just is. Um, the EPA can also, according to this article, quote, restrict the use of new products or bar their production altogether, end quote. Again, in this case, the agency didn't do any of those things. The EPA could stop the production of this Chevron fuel ingredient right now if they wanted to. But they won't. They won't even answer questions. They're just giving us BS quotes by unnamed spokespeople. Talk about cowardly. Okay, but in the meanwhile, Michael Regan poses for the cameras, you know, and says, see what a good environmental steward I am for every little nonsense, you know, whether it's recycling or whatever, and you know, he's letting the agency pull this. His own scientists have told him, don't allow this this uh, chemical on the market, and he's just rubber-stamped it. And, of course, he's rubber-stamped it because, once again, agency heads serve at their political patronage positions. They serve at the pleasure of the sitting president. And agency heads actually should be professional in top professionals in their area of expertise and they should have job security unless they actually do something wrong. That's it. We need professionally run agencies, not agencies run by political cronies. Now, there are six environmental organizations that are concerned about this, namely the Sierra Club, the National Resources Defense Council, Moms Clean Air Force, Toxic Free Future, Environmental Defense Fund, and Beyond Plastics. And they're all challenging the EPA and their characterization of the cancer risk. All right. Uh, in fact, they sent a letter collectively, all these groups together, they sent a letter to EPA Administrator Michael Regan. All right. Uh, there's a quote here. It says, 
from their letter, it says, quote, EPA's assertion that the assumptions in the risk assessment are overly conservative is not supported, end quote. Okay, that's a polite way of telling Mr. Regan, you're lying, okay? You're saying, you're making an excuse, and you've provided no evidence to back up your claim, okay? The groups also accused the agency, quote, of failing to protect people from dangers posed by the fuels and urged the EPA to withdraw the consent order approving them. Okay, end quote. Um, the EPA did claim that Chevron has not started making the new fuels. Uh, additionally, the EPA did acknowledge that it had mislabeled, that's what they call it, mislabeled critical information about the harmful emissions. Okay. Okay, again, all this guarded language to me is nonsense. All right, I'm scrolling down. This is, just goes on and on and on. Uh, again, I, I, you know, when they make a statement like that, that's very lawyerly. Okay? And that doesn't mean it's it's clear or even truthful. I'm just saying it. Um, the article goes on to say about the the article. The article goes on to explain that when the EPA claimed they had mislabeled critical information about the emissions, uh, the article says, "quote The consent order said the one in four lifetime cancer risk referred to stack air, a term for pollution released through a smokestack." The cancer burden from smokestack pollution would fall on residents who live near the refinery. Okay, end quote. Now, I'm sure they are at greater risk. And there was, according to the article, a community group in Pascalula, Pascalula, Pascagula did sue the EPA, according to ProPublica. Uh, they asked the U.S. Court of Appeals in D.C. to, quote, invalidate the agency's approval of the chemicals, okay? Uh, and I don't blame them because, again, that area, this is another instance most likely of, you know, environmental racism. You know, Pascal, I cannot say that. Pasca, Pasca, I cannot pronounce it. What is it again? Hold on, Pascagoula. All right. Pascagoula, I'm looking it up right now. It's a city in Mississippi. Let's see what the demographic is there. It's in Jackson County. Um, uh, let's look at the racial demographics. Okay, so Pascagoula is uh, basically 45% white. 36% eight, uh, 36, uh, 36% black, 14% Hispanic. So it's still majority people of color. I wonder how Mr. Regan feels being, you know, a man of color who's been, you know, given this great opportunity, you know. He went to a historic black college and yet he had through the agency and through his corporate leanings is fine crapping on a community that is 55% people of color. You know, just really wonder. All right. 
Um, it's kind of interesting. All right. So I'm glad these people sued the EPA. Uh, the agency is claiming that the numbers in the consent order don't reflect the cancer risk posed by air from refinery smokestacks. Okay, the article goes on to say, um, so basically, you know, EPA is saying, the EPA got sued by this community group in Pascagoula, all right, regarding the cancer burden about, you know, this new chemical. And uh, EPA is saying, well, you know, it's stack air. It's coming from smokestacks, like, you know, people's homes. Now, then after they were sued, it says here, quote, but the agency now says that those numbers in the consent order do not reflect the cancer risk posed by air from refinery smokestacks. When the consent order said stack emissions, it really meant pollution released from the exhaust of the jets and boats powered by these fuels, end quote. Okay. Uh, e the EPA, in a written response to ProPublica, said the following, quote, we understand that this may have caused a misunderstanding, end quote. Okay, I, I, there's no misunderstanding. This is what I feel like telling Mr. Regan. We understand quite well. Guess what? If the same chemical is in jet fuel's uh, exhaust, it's also going to be released into the environment from the, the stack emissions at the refinery. Good Lord. So... Uh, the article goes on to say, quote, based on that explanation, the extraordinary cancer burden will fall on people near boats or idling airplanes that use the fuels, not those living near the Chevron refinery in Pascagoula, end quote. You know, this is hair splitting at the worst, okay? Um, now, the article goes on to explain that each one of the two cancer-causing products will likely be used at 100 air 100 locations and that's that was confirmed by the EPA now ProPublica asked for the exact locations you know where the public would be exposed to it Chevron refused to say the EPA when asked claimed they didn't know the locations and they didn't know whether the marine fuel would be used for a navy vessel or like a cruise ship or a motorboat Okay, it's EPA's job to know the locations. How in the hell can, excuse my language, can they assess what's coming out of a smokestack at a Chevron facility if they don't know the location? It is EPA's job. So either the EPA is lying again or they're covering up for Chevron, which is it? Now, a Chevron spokesperson did respond to questions um, in an email. Uh, they, the Chevron spokesperson referred the questions that I guess ProPublica had to the EPA. And then Chevron added the following, quote, the safety of our employees, contractors, and communities are our first priority. We place the highest priority on the health and safety of our workforce and protection of our assets, communities, and the environment, end quote. What a pile of manure. Okay. So we go back to Maria Doe, who was the Pre, you know, the former EPA scientist, again, she worked at EPA for 30 years. She's a scientist. Um, and she, according to this, she, they, 
she claimed that she had never known of the EPA to, quote, misidentify a source of pollution in a consent order. DOA was quoted saying, quote, when I was there, if we said something was stack emissions, we meant that they were stack emissions, end quote. Okay, you can't misidentify this unless you want to. All right, so there were, uh, you know, there were a lot of email exchanges uh, with ProPublica and The Guardian leading to the February story. Um, you know, the EPA, uh, well, let me just read this directly as is, okay, because I don't want to get all to really get this wrong. Hmm. Quote, during multiple email exchanges with ProPublica and The Guardian leading up to the February story, the EPA never said the cancer risks listed as coming from stack emissions were actually from boat and airplane exhaust. The agency did not explain why it initially chose not to tell ProPublica and The Guardian that the EPA had mislabeled the emissions, end quote. I think that says it all right there. You know, this is... To me, this sounds like Michael Regan went to the agency lawyers, most likely, and said, come up with a response that covers us. Forget about the truth, mind you, covers us. And so, you know, they're, never, they're not saying anything, even though it's their job to let the public know what's going on. Okay? So, uh, the article goes on to say, quote, the agency faced scrutiny after the February story in ProPublica and The Guardian. In an April letter to EPA Administrator Michael Regan, Senator Jeff Merkley, the Oregon Democrat who chairs the Senate Subcommittee on Environmental Justice and Chemical Safety, said he was troubled by the high cancer risk and the fact that the EPA approved the new chemicals using a program meant to address the climate crisis, end quote. And this is according to merkley.senate.gov. Now, Senator Merkley did get a response from the assistant administrator, an, an assistant administrator at EPA named Michael Friedhoff. Friedhoff told Merkley in a letter that the one in four cancer risk really came from exposure to the exhaust of idling airplanes, you know, the same BS we've heard already, and that the real risk to people who live near the Pascagoula refinery was, quote, on the order of one in a hundred thousand, end quote. Okay. Just again, when you tell a lie, it's not, it doesn't always have to be a direct lie. Sometimes people tell a lie and it's, you know, a premeditated statement of falsity. Okay. They know they're lying. They, you know, they'll say the sky is green. Okay. You know, it's a lie. But there's other kinds of lies. There are lies of omission where you just carefully leave out important context and important information that leads people to the wrong, to an incorrect conclusion because, again, there isn't enough context to come to a, a, a clear conclusion. That's a lie of omission, and it's as much a lie as a direct lie as far as I'm concerned. And this is exactly what EPA is doing. They are telling multiple lies of omission because Chevron wants this. And Chevron's got deep pockets. Make no mistake about it. And this is probably a sample case I will be talking about in the book I'm writing right now about how armies of corporate lawyers are not only destroying democracy, but they're destroying everything. 
and they're telling multiple lies of omission to get their clients off the hook. You know, there's a reason when you go to court and you're sworn in as a witness or whatever, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? The whole truth means no lies of omission. It's that simple. Okay? Now, um, Merkley responded in an email, quote, it remains deeply concerning that fossil fuel companies are spinning what is a complicated method of burning plastics that is actually poisoning communities as beneficial to the climate. We don't understand the cancer risk associated with creating or using fuels derived from plastics, end quote. Okay? So we do know that certain types of exposure to plastics, yes, does result in increased cancers. So it makes sense that if you burn plastic as a fuel and dump that, you know, that exhaust into the air and into the water, yes, it's probably going to cause more cancer, you know, again. Uh, and when, when he says companies are spinning, Merkley, Senator Merkley saying that, you know, basically they're, this is public relations garbage to basically to fool the public. That's it. You know, I have rarely ever heard truth coming from public relations professionals. All right. They spin it. In other words, they're, they're going to tell you what they want you to hear and they almost never cite their source. So Senator Merkley went on to say, you know, again in the email that he is, quote, leaving no stone unturned while digging into the full scope of the problem, including looking into EPA's program. He added, quote, thanks to the dogged reporting from ProPublica, we are getting a better sense of the scale and magnitude of this program that has raised so many concerns, end quote. And, and he's right. Okay, it's it's nice that he, you know, mentioned ProPublica. Um, you know, once again, this this piece was published a few days ago. You know, you won't hear it on mainstream media. You know, I found it on ProPublica. Okay, I was just kind of noodling around, and I went, holy crap. This is really vile. Um, and, again, the EPA is going along with it. All right? We don't know if these newly approved toxic chemicals will keep accumulating in living things and in nature. In fact... According to the risk assessment, I'm reading straight from it, quote, some of these newly approved toxic chemicals are expected to persist in nature and accumulate in living things, the risk assessment said. That combination is supposed to trigger additional restrictions under EPA policy, including prohibitions on releasing the chemicals into water. Yet the agency lists the risk from eating fish contaminated with several of the compounds, um, suggesting they are expected to get into water. When asked about this, an EPA spokesperson wrote that the agency's testing protocols for, persist for persistence, bioaccumulation, and toxicity are, quote, unsuitable for complex mixtures, end quote, and contends these substances are similar to existing petroleum-based fuels, end quote. Okay, I've worked in a big, um, you know, a big agency, bureaucracy, if you will, you know, public school systems are a bureaucracy. I spent 30 years in St. Louis Public, and I can tell you, bureaucratic heads, administrators, whatever, when they want something, when they're ordered to do something that they know is professionally wrong, they will hide behind the legally crafted words. 
And notice throughout this whole thing, they keep saying that the substances are, quote, similar to existing petroleum-based fuels. They're trying to reduce their legal liability. That's what this is. This came straight from the lawyers. I'm sure of it. Because, again, already existing chemicals are exempted from the law, exempted from even assessment. So we don't know what they do. And that's part of the problem, too. Not only do we need to stop this, this new, bi this new fuel, and again, this Chevron fuel ingredient is being marketed by EPA as a biofuel, a green biofuel. Can you imagine this? And it's being marketed under an EPA-funded program. You need to get really angry about this. How many people in the audience have children that have come down with cancer? No child should come down with cancer. That's insane. All the crazy illnesses, again, we need to look at this. And this idea that's similar to existing fields because they're trying to exempt themselves. They need to go back to the original law as well in 1976 and change it. All these chemicals need to be looked at. They just do. It's quite clear, even with the EPA in existence, in my opinion, as a people, we have been systemically and consistently poisoned by these chemicals, which I'm not going to name, but I'll buy these chemicals over the decades. That's it. And we're entitled, we have a right to better. And it sounds like the scientists are saying, no, you can't do this. So, the EPA did do one little step. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, ProPublica said, quote, the EPA has taken one major step in response to concerns about the plastic-based chemicals. I wouldn't call it a major step, and I'm going to tell you why in a minute. So, in June, according to EPA.gov, the EPA proposed a rule, and it would require companies to contact the agency before, quote, making any of the 18 fuels and related compounds listed in the Chevron consent order. The EPA would then have the option of requiring tests to ensure that the oil used to create the new fuels doesn't contain unsafe contaminants often found in plastic, including certain flame retardants, heavy metals, dioxins, and PFAS. If approved, the rule would require Chevron to undergo such a review before producing the fuels according to the EPA. End quote. The reason I say this is not a major step, so what if they have to contact the agency? And so what if they're going to require tests if the EPA is going to ignore what the scientists are telling them? Okay? This is like a wink and a nod, and to me this really, you know, it looks like the EPA is playing footsies with Chevron. I'm just saying it. Okay. Environmental advocates are saying, look, you know, according to Daniel, so one of the environmental advocates is a man named Daniel Rosenberg. Now, he's director of federal toxics policy at the NRDC, the National Resources Defense Council. And he was quoted saying, quote, this new information just raises more questions about why they didn't do this the right way. The more that comes out about this, the worse it looks, end quote. So, that is our big story. <laughs> Excuse me. 
I have the February article, the original one, in front of me. Excuse me. Um, and actually, a lot of it was in this article, so we're not going to go over it right now. Okay, we're just going to kind of end it there. I hope this was, you know, illuminating for you. You know, I, I know it was for me. So let's scroll on down. It's going to be a shorter show today. All righty. You know, and, and honestly, EPA isn't just greenwashing, in my opinion. They are violating their own laws and rules themselves. Okay. You know, again, plastics contain quite a few chemicals, including dioxins, which are proven carcinogens. All right, PFAS, proven carcinogen. Why in the world would it be considered a good idea to burn plastic? That's insane. But this is a way of getting cheap, you know, cheap energy. Um, one of the things, well... One of the things in the February article uh, explains why Chevron's so into this. According to this article in February, quote, Chevron buys oil from another company. I'm sorry, quote, Chevron buys oil that another company extracts from discarded plastics through paralysis. Okay. Now, again, Chevron's getting a cheap source of energy. Of course they want this. So this one, all right, well, maybe we will go over it a little bit. All right. <clears throat> First, I'm going to take a little break, and I'll be back in a few. Okay, and we're back. Okay, so we're going to look at this second article. This was an earlier one back in February. Um, this risk was discussed. Again, uh, ProPublica co-published with The Guardian. This uh, earlier, our last article that we discussed, that was published a few days ago in August. This one was pub published February 23rd, again by Sharon Lerner, the journalist. The headline is, quote, this climate-friendly fuel comes with an astronomical cancer risk. Okay, so we've talked a lot about that. And what we have to do, you know, according to the February article, Chevron hadn't started making this jet fuel yet. Okay, but. According to the article, quote, when the company does, the cancer burden will disproportionately fall on people who have low incomes and are black because of the population that lives within three miles of the refinery in Pascagoula, Mississippi, end quote. So I wonder how the first black head of the EPA feels about crapping on low-income black people. That's Does he like the idea that he is helping to perpetuate, uh, you know, basically environmental racism. I know I wouldn't want to enable that. 
So again, this article talks again to Maria Doa, who apparently is like one of their prime sources. She's a scientist that worked at EPA for 30 years. Um, Maria Doa once ran the division that managed the risks that these chemicals could pose. And so she was, she saw that, and again, she first saw it was a typographical error, and as I wrote before, she, Doa said, quote, EPA should not allow these risks in Pascagoula or anywhere, end quote. Now, Maria Doa is now, in all fairness, the Senior Director of Chemical Policy at the Environmental Defense Fund. Now, um, you know, we can go into all that stuff, but there were a few things in this earlier article that I wanted to, you know, get into. Um, and that was, like, why does Chevron want to do this? Okay? So, looking down in this article, ProPublica and The Guardian um, did did actually obtain a single consent order. It's on Document Cloud if you want to look at it yourself. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> that, quote, covers a dozen Chevron fuels made from plastics that were reviewed under the program. So it's not just one. There's a dozen Chevron fuels made from plastics. Now, this article goes on to say, quote, although the EPA had blacked out sections, including the chemicals' names, that document showed that the fuels that Chevron plans to make at its Pascagoula refinery present serious health risks, including developmental problems in children and cancer and harm to the nervous system, reproductive system, liver, kidney, blood, and spleen, end quote. Okay, so this gave a little more information. You can read it yourself. You know, Corporations will demand that certain documents, certain things, be blacked out because they claim that they're, um, you know, they're um, what do they call it? Uh, not fiduciary. It's a, uh, it, it's it's their, you know, their invention, if you will. Okay, but EPA had no right to black out sections like that. The public has a right to know. You can't assess something honestly if you. If the whole sections blacked out, and I looked at the report. There are whole sections blacked out. It's unreal. Um, you would think that, you know, again, the corporate uh, Chevron's need to keep their chemicals secret was somehow more important than our national security or at that same level. It's ridiculous. Uh, so anyway, this is, you know, apparently Chevron likes the idea of making fuels from plastics. Now, part of the problem is EPA and their biofuels program, uh, you know, under their, their greenwashing, they're trying to make it look like making fuels from plastics is not only a biofuel, but it's, it's a good thing. It's green. It's anything but. Making fuels from plastics, I suspect, may very well be more dangerous than just the direct fossil fuel themselves because of the additives we put in plastic. But again, I'm not a scientist, so it's it's my own opinion. Um, so we're going to go in here, down here a little bit. So we're talking about the one in four lifetime cancer risk we talked about earlier in the show. Um, now, apparently there was an email that ProPublica received from Chevron spokesperson. This one's named Ross Allen. And Ross Allen wrote, quote, it is incorrect to say there is a one in four cancer risk from smokestack emissions. 
I urge you to avoid suggesting otherwise. Okay? End quote. So then Mr. Allen was asked to clarify what exactly was wrong with the statement. And that Allen wrote that Chevron obviously disagrees with ProPublica and the Guardian's, quote, characterization of language in the EPA consent order, end quote. Okay. I don't know if Mr. Allen's a lawyer or not, but it's clear he's spoken to a corporate lawyer. The characterization of language. Okay. In science, Mr. Allen, we don't characterize language. We use language to, and numbers to communicate scientific truths. All right? So this is not – I don't care if Chevron doesn't like the characterization of language. That's bull. But the EPA, I'm sure, just backed down. Now, uh, let's see now. The document – okay, so I, let me back up here a little bit. So – the document signed by a Chevron manager at the Pascagoula refinery did quantify that, quote, the lifetime cancer risk from the inhalation of smokestack air is 2.5 cancers in 10 people, which can also be stated as one in four. Uh, it goes on to say, quote, in a subsequent phone call, Allen said, quote, we do not take care of, I'm sorry, Allen said, quote, we do take care of our communities, our workers, and the environment generally. This is job one for Chevron, end quote. What a pile, I'm just, I know you're not supposed to stand there, what a pile of bullshit, okay? Mr. Allen, you know what? When my dog goes out in the backyard and relieves herself of her bundles of joy, if you will, that brown joy that comes out of her derriere, it's cleaner than the statement you made, sir. I'm just going to say it. So there was a separate written statement that Chevron did offer to ProPublica and The Guardian, Again, they listed on Document Cloud. You can look at it yourself. Chevron did claim that it followed the EPA's process under the Toxic Substances Control Act. Uh, Chevron said the following, quote, the TSCA process is an important first step to identify risk, and if EPA identifies unreasonable risk, it can limit or prohibit manufacture, processing, or distribution in commerce during applicable review period, end quote. Okay. Um, that sounds like it just came straight from, like, the EPA website, that last part, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's saying nothing other than, we follow the law, and this is it. You get no information. Now, the Chevron statement that ProPublica and The Guardian received also said the following, quote, other environmental regulations and permitting processes govern air, water, and handling hazardous materials. All right, wait, let me go again. The Chevron statement also said, quote, other environmental regulations and permitting processes govern air, water, and handling hazardous materials. Regulations under the Clean Water, Clean Air, and Resource Conservation and Recovery Acts also apply and protect the environment and the health and safety of our communities and workers, end quote. So in other words, Mr. Allen from Chevron didn't say anything other than just repeating what this is what we're supposed to do all he's saying it's nonsense um so you know we're, we're just going this it gets it, it gets worse all right it just does um now the epa said there are other that other federal laws and requirements might reduce these risks you know that caused by the pollution uh and 
you know, the EPA mentioned there's OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, you know, regs for worker protection, the Clean Water Act, the Clean Air Act, and rules, you know, directed at refineries. So basically the EPA is passing the buck to these other agencies. So that's not our job. Okay. But those other agencies monitor what happens after the EPA approves chemicals for use. Gosh. I know I shouldn't yell, but it makes me so mad. It's like, this is nonsense. These lawyers are just, they're slime. Okay. So, and OSHA came forward and, and warned the public, don't rely on our chemical standards because they're kind of outdated. And that's according to ProPublica. All right. Uh, the, the source is uh, Goodyear Niagara Rubber Plant. I, I cannot read this. Okay. Anyway, it's on ProPublica. Um, the refinery rule does call, does demand air monitoring, but only for one pollutant, benzene. None of the others. Isn't that convenient? The Clean Water Act uh, doesn't even deal with air pollution, and the new rules, the new fuels, that is, they're not regulated under the Clean Air Act because the Clean Air Act only specifies certain pollutants on a specific list. That's it. And the states can't monitor for carcinogenic new fuels unless they know their names and chemical structures. So basically, we are being, you know, stonewalled. All right? I won't say stonewalled. That's wrong. We're being gaslighted by the EPA. That's quite clear. You know, there's no way to monitor this, and the EPA is refusing to do their job. Okay? Now, uh, basically, ProPublica and The Guardian did ask another air pollution specialist who worked at the EPA, again, for 30 years. His name's Scott Throw, And they asked, okay, what about existing regulations? Could they protect people? Now, Mr. Throw is an independent environmental consultant, and he said that, quote, the existing testing and monitoring requirements for refineries couldn't capture the pollution from these new plastic-based fuels because the rules were written before these chemicals existed. There is a chance that equipment designed to limit the release of other pollutants may incidentally capture some of the emissions from the new fuels. There's no way to know whether this is happening, end quote. So the EPA allowed a consent order, even though EPA's own scientists said, this is way too dangerous to use, and not just for the one chemical ingredient, but for a dozen, a dozen plastic-based fuels that Chevron wants to produce. Seriously. So let's look at this. EPA not only ignored their own scientific assessment, but they're trying to make it sound like, well, the scientists misunderstood the situation. Really? I mean, that that's... That's lamer than the dog ate my homework and the kid admits finally they don't even have a dog. All right? Uh, the agencies withheld basic information on the grounds that, quote, it is confidential business information. Guess what? I don't care. Confidential business information should not supersede the right of the public not to be poisoned. That's it. I'm tired of hearing that. Now, um, 
The federal law says companies have to apply to the EPA to introduce new chemicals or mixtures. Okay? In fact, this here's a paragraph. It's right here. Quote, under federal law, companies have to apply to the EPA for permission to introduce new chemicals or mixtures. But manufacturers don't have to supply any data showing their project their products are safe. End quote. That's scary. So they have to apply for EPA for permission, but they don't have to provide any data demonstrating that their pro- their products are safe. So what's the point of applying to the EPA then? That's that's nonsense. Okay. Um, so according to this article, what does the EPA do? They usually rely, on, quote, on studies of similar chemicals to anticipate health effects, end quote. Okay, wouldn't it be better if just the law demanded that for each new chemical or mixture that they would have to supply not only data, but that the EPA would also have to do their own independent testing before any consent agreement was arrived at? I mean, we're talking about serious illness here and unnecessary early death. Um, So apparently, according to this, according to the article, quote, in this case, you know, what we've been talking about with Chevron, quote, the EPA used a mixture of chemicals made from crude oil to gauge the risk posed by the new plastic-based fuels, end quote. That makes no sense. Plastic carries other risk. Why would you – the only – I mean, why would you rely on studies that, you know, basically you're you're looking at um, crude oil to determine whether or not a plastic-based fuel is safe? Plastic carries its own, you know, its own risk. First of all, it would be in violation of the Clean Air Act because plastics do, when released, contain high concentrations of benzene but also PFAS and several others. So, you know, again, to me, what the EPA is doing internally looks like they are purposely conducting bogus reviews that are actually engineered to make sure they don't find any problems so the corporation can do what they bloody well please. I mean, what they're describing here to me, it's akin to, hmm, a teenager comes, they're, you know, as pregnant as can be, and the doctor just ignores the pregnancy and just goes, well, I think you might have an allergy. It's nonsense. Okay, this is, it, it, this is engineered. The EP, this is engineered, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Engineered incompetency. So these corporations can get what they want, and yet the EPA looks like they're doing what they're supposed to be doing on paper, and the corporation looks like they're doing what they're supposed to be doing on paper. And it's not true. Um, Now, according to this particular case, quote, Chevron told the EPA the chemical components of its new fuel but didn't give the precise proportions. Okay, so the EPA had to make some assumptions, for instance, that people absorb 100% of the pollution emitted. Okay, end quote. So here's the thing. According to Chevron, they did give a list of the chemical components of their new fuel. One, we don't know if it's true or not, because, again, 
I wouldn't rely on voluntary compliance. This would be by court order. And if Chevron withheld anything, we're talking criminal charges. Okay, I wouldn't play with these people. And secondly, um, with the without the precise proportions, that's that's insanity. You can't do a scientific assessment that way. You know, giving example, you know, sugar in moderate amounts can be, you know, it's nice. You can have an occasional cookie and it doesn't cause a problem. Sugar in astronomical amounts causes diabetes and a lot of other problems. So, again, this is asinine. Okay. Uh, the EPA was asked why it didn't require tests to clarify the risk, and an EPA spokesperson, again, unnamed, wrote that, quote, the EPA does not believe these additional test results would change the risk identified, nor the unreasonable risk finding, end quote. How can you determine anything like this? This is nonsense. This is nothing but legalese double talk from a bunch of corporate lawyers that basically, if they're working for EPA now, don't be shocked if they don't turn around and wind up working for Chevron as their lawyer or working for a corporate law firm in the environmental law division. Yeah, this is the game they're playing. And again, the only requirement, if you use these chemicals as fuel, is just have the workers wear gloves, you know, because apparently it's their hands that are in danger, not their lungs. Good Lord, this is in, insane. Um, you know, this is we're we are going to look at the renewable fuel standard program. We're going to look at the EPA's renewable fuel standard and bio-based fuels. It's clear the EPA, with this particular thing, is greenwashing in the worst possible way. Um, there is. Burning plastic is really never a good idea, I suspect. Again, my opinion. Um, you know, this is, you know, over, according to the article, over 99% of all plastic is from made from fossil fuels, including coal, oil, and gas. So the idea of producing fuel from plastics it's just adding extra chemicals. If anything, it may very well be more toxic. This is insanity. Um, you know, this makes no sense at all. But, again, according to this, quote, Chevron buys oil that another company extracts from discarded plastics through pyrolysis. Okay? Though the parts of the consent order that aren't blacked out don't mention that this oil came from waste plastics, a related EPA record makes this clear, and again, it's provided. Um, the cancer risks come from the pollution emitted from Chevron smokestacks when the company turns that oil into fuel. Okay. So, once again, there are a few corrections that were made to this February article, um, February 23rd, 2023. Quote, this story originally misstated how much plastic ends up in the oceans each year. It is millions of tons, not hundreds of millions of tons. Okay. And the second correction was made in March. Quote, a corrected version of the story misstated what happens to U.S. unrecycled plastic. Scientists estimate that more than a million tons of it end up in the environment each year. It is not known precisely how much of this plastic from the U.S. winds up in the oceans. End quote. 
again, I hope you learned something. I really do. So we're going to scroll down now. We're getting ready for our, you know, jackass of the week. Give me a second here, folks. All righty. Okay. Give me a minute. Okay. I know it takes a minute. Okay. And now our Jackass of the Week Award. Here we go. Brayon. This week's Jackass of the Week Award from the Environmental Justice Report is none other than presidential candidate and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Brayon, Ron. Brayon. You never sounded better. And, baby, you never looked more handsome. I'm telling you, you need to keep doing full ass. All righty. So why did Ron DeSantis get our Jackass of the Weir Award? Well, there's a lot of stuff going on, but this is a piece that was released by University World News, the Global Window on Higher Education, uh, August 5th. The article says, quote, Fears for College at Center of DeSantis' War on Woke by Nathan M. Greenfield. This is about the War on Woke, Okay. New College Florida was previously ranked by Forbes magazine as the fifth best public liberal arts college in 2022. I'm sure that is not the case anymore. 36 professors have left. It's a small college. Um, And, you know, once again, this is under the leadership of, you know, uh, what is it, Chris Rufo, you know, the Heritage, I think he's with Heritage Foundation, you know, the... um, The war on woke, okay, because God forbid we should have open inquiry into study. We can't have that. Mm -mm. But it's not just that. We're also talking about, you know, how DeSantis helped uh, push for, you know, a black history curriculum that, you know, doesn't cover black history. I mean, except the politically correct parts. You know, it'll mention a few prominent African-Americans that spend – I looked at the curriculum for a while. It looked like they were spending half of it at least talking more about saluting the flag than they were about actual black history. You know, this is about propaganda. This is about the fact that Ron DeSantis, you know, yes, I'm sure he is a bigot, but also he's feeding the base, you know, the MAGA base, which I don't care what you say. They're a bunch of racist, neo-Nazi, no good pieces of garbage. Okay. I'm just going to say it. And they get their little feelings hurt when you dare to talk about the fact that, yes, baby Ronnie, there really was uh, slavery, and it was really hideous. And, no, they didn't learn any skills. Seriously, it's asinine. Um, You know, this is, uh, God forbid, children of color should feel good about their own history, you know? Uh, you know, it's it's hideous. So for all that, Ron DeSantis gets our Jackass of the Week Award. Bray on, Ronnie. Bray on. You know, maybe you'll win as dog catcher someday. Seriously. All righty. And so now we're almost done here. Now we're going to enjoy some erudite political commentary from none other 
<coughs> excuse me, <coughs> and Randy Rainbow, mm. who I think is hilarious. And this is about that horrible monster, dumb Donnie Trump. And the fact is, yes, he was indicted again. Uh, I don't understand why he is allowed out on bail. I don't understand why he hasn't been made to do the perp walk like everyone else. He committed, not just sedition, as far as I'm concerned, that insurrection was about overthrowing the government, period, and the will of the people. But this is a Randy Rainbow parody song called Sedition. Give me a second, and we will enjoy this. This is a few years old.
Okay. All righty. And that's Randy Rainbow. I always enjoy him. Okay. So that was our show today. I hope you learned something. Uh, please, if you do listen and you, you like the show, please share us on Facebook, on Twitter, on uh, TikTok, anything. All right. Uh, we do this as a public service. We get paid nothing. This is just because we want to get the news out. Uh, just final thoughts. You know, I worry about this, all jokes aside, and I love Randy Rainbow, but I worry about the course of this alleged democratic republic, democracy, whatever you want to call it. All right. Um, there is movement by alleged conservatives, and they're not conservatives. Okay, They're fascists. And they're projecting their own anger and fears on everyone else. And just the censorship against teachers, against students. You know, they're trying to not only push uh, censorship, but religious, you know, censorship based on religious bigotry. All right. Specifically, they're pushing Christian fundamentalism, period. That's it. And, you know, there is a separation of church and state. It's called the, you know, the Establishment Clause. It's right there. It's right there in the First Amendment. But what I worry about more is just the way there are far too many Republicans still that maybe don't like Donald Trump, but you hear this excuse, well, I can't vote for Biden. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a Biden fan at all. You know, I think Joe Biden should be primaried and come up with somebody better. But if push comes to shove, I'm going to hold my nose because I'm voting against the Nazi known as Donald Trump. Make no mistake about it. I don't have enough white Christian privilege to survive another term of his. And that's what this is really about. So when you say, I can't vote for for Biden, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm tired of hearing the excuses. Or you'll go on Facebook and you'll see people say, well, we're looking for a hero. No. Stop looking for heroes and be adults. You know, if we all stand together against what can only be called rising Nazism, we can beat this. One of the reasons it keeps getting more powerful is because there are far too many little cowards out there that won't stand with us. Or maybe they like their idea of privilege and just are too emotionally and psychologically dishonest to admit it and end it. That's what we're dealing with now. You know, my mother used to say there is nothing meaner than a bigot who's been confronted with their bigotry, and that's precisely what's happening here. And no group under this country's flag is immune from that level of bigotry. We need to have those difficult conversations with friends and family members, and if they still can't, they're still hemming and hawing, and they can't say, look, I'm going to be against Trump no matter what, even if it means I have to throw my vote away or whatever. If they can't tell you right now, that means that they're going to support Trump. They're just too embarrassed to say so. They like the idea of somebody else doing their damn dirty work for them. That's it. Nothing else. In which case, you need to let them know, I tried, but you are choosing what is can only be called Nazism. I'm done with you. You are dead to me. And you just disown them. Seriously. 
that's what has to happen. There have to be consequences. The MAGA crowd, when you listen to these people talk, what strikes me is they're so incredibly immature. They're childish. And what do you do with a child? With a child that's throwing a big hand temper tantrum. You don't reason with them. That's silly. You give them a consequence. Otherwise, the next tantrum will be far worse. And that's what we're dealing with here. These, this MAGA crowd, they're not adults. They're children. And they are being egged on by basically right-wing propaganda that's being funded by billionaires that hate the MAGA crowd, too. It's time to grow up, people. So, again, I worry about this country. I truly do. I don't know if I'm going to remain here. Seriously. I don't feel safe here. Not with MAGA still at, still at bay. And you know what? I've tried to fight the good fight. I've stood tall. But that's really crappy of all of you to wait for some hero to come forward because you're too cowardly to do your part. I don't want to hear that you're waiting for a hero. Come join the movement. Come join a movement to get rid of fascism, get rid of neo-Nazism, racism, anti-Semitism, anti-Muslim sentiment, um, religious bigotry, misogyny, get rid of homophobia, trans, get rid of all of it. Get rid of the propaganda. All right? Come join us. And if you won't join us, then you're part of the problem. And we're just going to walk away from you. That's it. Anyway, I hope you learned something from tonight's show. And check in next week. Again, you can listen to the show at any time. All our shows are archived. So check them out. Okay? Download them. Check them out. Whatever. Uh, And thank you for listening. Good night. And whatever you believe in, bless us because we're going to need it.